It's episode 142 of Leading Ladies in Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in a Zoom meeting with Jennifer Jackson. I think most of you guys know her as Living Genuinely Ginger. She's a blogger there. She's also a registered nurse. She works in NICU, and you're also working on your psych mental health nurse practitioner. Uh, what I don't know, certification, education, all of the above? <laughs> master's degree <laughs> yes I mean wow like I was like all you have all of these acronyms after your name and I think it's so incredible um first of all I have to say so uh you posted in your stories that you were going to be on here so of course I reshared it and I have had so many people responding with I love her I can't wait to hear her episode all of that which I think is really a testament to how incredible you are and like what a great influence you have over the people that follow you so thank you for that Oh, that makes me feel so good. Yes. I, I tell them I like, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I just like, yes, I'm really excited. So, well, good. I mean, I'm excited to have you on. And so I was really fortunate to meet you whenever we were involved in the Made in Corpus Christi campaign in January to help show off the new merch and everything. And talking to you, I'd already was following you, but I was like, I need to have you on because anybody who's a nurse, period, I have a huge amount of respect for. Uh, and especially working with, you know, in the neonatal unit, I mean, just wow. Like, how has that been for you? Has it been a, did you immediately start in the neonatal unit or do you kind of like test the waters in other areas before deciding? Um, oh my goodness. I can definitely say I tested the waters. Um, I did not start in the, uh, the NICU as, as we call it. I actually started, um, on a med surge unit here in Corpus at Spawn Shoreline. And I worked with oncology patients there for about two years. Um, and it was really difficult, even though I did learn a lot, I definitely knew that was like, not what I originally wanted to do i knew right in right away in school that i wanted to do nicu but everyone uh everyone kind of told me you know do med surge first and uh sorry that's my no no problem yeah. and they, they had to throw um, so, in the two cents yeah. they're like yeah she didn't want to be an onco in the oncology department <laughs> he is such a speaker oh my gosh there's probably a dog outside uh, so yeah, everyone told me just do med search first and um, to get, you know, your feet wet and to, to learn a lot. So I did, um, but it was really stressful, really sad. It was difficult. So I, I then I transitioned and I did uh, some pediatric home health for a little bit. I worked at uh, the Driscoll Urgent Care Clinic. I did wow. Driscoll OR and then I finally made it to NICU, which is where I should have been all along. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, props to you for at least trying out other areas, you know, before ending up probably where you knew you were supposed to be in the first place. But at least you now you know for certain I'm meant to be in, in NICU. So, yeah, I think it's important that um, that nurses do that. I know a lot of nurses get like stuck in one area and they feel like they have to stay there. But I always tell people, try out different things and see what you like. So, yes, because I mean. The way I've always understood it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but nurses are always needed. Is that an accurate statement? That is definitely accurate. You can, I mean, you can be a nurse 
anywhere. You can mm -hmm. move anywhere in the country and you'll be able to get a job, which is honestly like one of the best things about nursing as hard as it is and as stressful as it is. Um, you will never, ever have to worry about not having a job. So that's one of the benefits of it. I would have to agree. And so to touch on what you just said about how hard and stressful it is, silly me in college toyed with the idea of becoming a nurse and like, absolutely not. I cannot do that. Like it, you have to be a very special individual to first of all, make it through all the schooling and then stick it out because I mean, you are seeing the realest shit. I mean, firsthand. And so have you always had that kind of grit, uh, you know, growing up? No, honestly, like I, nursing school was the hardest thing and i i would tell this to anyone i genuinely besides maybe the military and maybe being a police officer i genuinely think nursing is the hardest career field um it's definitely made me toughen up a lot i'm a very emotional person i'm very um, as a little girl, I've always been like the quiet, shy type, and it's definitely made me come out of my comfort zone. Um, it's made me have to be strong when I, you know, didn't think I could be. I've, you know, I've had my share of meltdowns and I've definitely had my share of regrets thinking, oh my gosh, what the hell was I thinking? I should have chosen something else. Like this was a mistake. And I just, you know, there's been so many days of regret and I'm not really sure what I was thinking at times, but then you have those days where it all makes sense and it, you realize why you did what you did and why you went into nursing in the first place. And anyone that wants to go into nursing, I always just make sure to tell them, don't go into it for the money because everyone seems to think like nurses make all this money and it's great and fabulous. <laughs> and, but I'm telling you, it's not. So if you are wanting to make a lot of money, don't do nursing. But if you really, really want to help people and you want a career that is going to be very fulfilling in so many ways, then nursing is definitely the right choice. Thank you for keeping it real there. Uh, I would have to agree <laughs> with you. You know, that's what I would hear, right? Ner oh man, you only work uh, four days a week tops. A week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, mo <laughs> the money is fantastic. And I'm just like, I don't think they're getting paid enough. I have to be 100% honest with you there. And uh, I can tell you we are not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, there are so many days where I'm like, I do not get paid enough to put up with this shit. <laughs> I, it's a lot. And I mean, you know, okay, so also thank you for keeping it real in terms of your saying, like, some days I really wonder, like, why did I do this? Because I can't even fathom what it's like to have, you know, to be looking after a stranger's life, you know, especially a newborn. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I, I have my own, but you know, that's, that's not a stranger, you know, I mean, you're overseeing, you know, all, all of these, these little infants and, and, uh, the idea of it just blows my mind because you have to have a certain amount of resolve to do it. And, uh, you know, for you to say, I've had breakdowns of, you know, uh, like in my career, career if anybody's gonna have a breakdown it's gonna be you for sure and and what you're seeing and what you're dealing with and stuff that uh, those like civilians like myself don't even have to think about so i really appreciate you and all nurses you know for for continuing to go in and i'm sure especially this past year and a half or so has really made a lot of nurses question you know what they're 
what they're doing. And so did the pandemic have that kind of effect on you? Did you did you feel it on your end in the neonatal unit? Um, you know, I honestly can tell I know a lot of people have these really um, horrible stories about how COVID has affected them and their unit um, where they work. But honestly, in the NICU, it hasn't been as bad, at least not on on my floor at Spawn South here. Um, we've actually been really lucky because our unit is so isolated. It's very protected. Um, only a certain amount of people can come in and out. Um, everything's we we have had a shortage of like our PPE and everything, but the NICU is very um, we're very prioritized. So anytime that the NICU needs something, then we usually can get it because we're working with such a like small rare population, and it's just such a critical unit. So I've been really lucky. Um, we have had you know a our COVID, you know, we'll have moms come in that are COVID positive and we we have to go to those deliveries and take special precautions, but mm -hmm. we've been pretty lucky overall. I think we've only had um, a couple of little babies actually test positive. So we've been, you know, we've been pretty safe and uh, a lot of our staff really has been healthy and safe. And um, so I can honestly say I've had it pretty good compared to the majority of nurses probably throughout the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, with uh, working in the NICU comes with its own set of worries and stresses for sure. So I'm glad that the pandemic didn't add too much to that load because I feel like, I mean, you're you are uh, step one when these little babies come out, you know, like you you have to be on it. So again, I applaud you. I'm just to me, anybody who does what you do, incredible. So growing up, did you always know that you wanted to be in the medical field? Did you have a fascination for it? Or, you know, what were your thoughts growing up about your potential career in the future? Uh, you know, actually growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> also <laughs> with kids. That, yes, but that is now a job that, uh, that's another one of those jobs where I can honestly say they, they do not get paid enough to Absolutely. deal with the have to deal with because I actually did um, my first degree when I first started college I got a degree in history with the teacher certification I was going to be a teacher wow but then I did my student and I was like oh heck no these kids are terrible <laughs> I'm not doing this they're they're so like the things that kids are doing nowadays I'm just like oh my gosh like I, I yeah. wasn't doing these things until I was like in high school and they're doing them when they're like in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't handle it. So I then I went back for nursing after uh, one of my other friends was in the nursing program and she was really liking it a lot. And I love to help people. That's always been a passion of mine. Um, I love helping people any way I can and making them feel better. Um, so then, yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do nursing too. And I, I, I really, the program was hard, but I am ultimately glad that I did decide to do it. <laughs> That's really cool how that went. So you were dead set on being, I guess, a history teacher? Yes. I, yeah, I was like full on. Like I finished, I graduated. Like I have a degree and I could do it. But I literally like graduated in December and then enrolled in the nursing program for January. So just I just like kept going. Wow. <laughs> but I love that you just like pivot. You're like, uh, this isn't working out. Let's go for the hardest, the hardest career. Yeah. Although my parents were like, 
not thrilled because they were like, you know, they're like, you're done with college. Yay. And then I was like, you know, what? I think I'm going to keep going. And they're like, well, you're on your own. Don't look at us like that. We're done. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're imp super impressed because not only do you have your BSN, but you're going, you know, working on your master's right now. And how close are you to being done? Oh, my gosh. I have one more year and I am counting down. Wow. <laughs> I cannot wait to be done. Yeah, <laughs> like so <laughs> I've heard this about master's programs. Like they are challenging, but so worth the reward whenever you're done. Uh, so what do your parents yeah. have to say about that? Because like, you're, I'm going to be a nurse. And they're like, okay, well, good luck to you. And now here you are, you know, working it and doing it and, and uh, expanding your education. You know, um, my dad, who I'm the closest with in the whole world, he's just like my best friend. He honestly, um, I think he would rather me just come work with him. He, he thinks I'm probably insane, because, but he's very proud of me, of course. But uh, he, you know, he wants me to do whatever I love and whatever I want to do. So he's happy with anything I do. You know, I could just straight up quit nursing altogether and go wait tables or, you know, do whatever. And he would be proud of me and happy for me. So, um, so he thinks it's great. Um, he has no idea. I think what I'm going to be doing. He's very like confused on what it is I'm doing, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's super happy, super proud of me. So he's always so supportive. That's the best kind of support whenever it's unconditional. It's kind of like, hey, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. That's a good parent right yeah. there. I love that. He is. He's the best. Yes. So you decided to go for your master's specifically, and then I always have to read it. Psych mental health <laughs> nurse practitioner. I know. So why specifically psych mental health? Because I, I love that. Uh, and I feel like mental health is something that has really come to the forefront in terms of, you know, people recognizing that we need to be mindful of it and looking after ourselves in that kind of way. Yeah, this is actually a question I get all the time because I work in NICU. You know, I work with these teeny tiny babies doing, you know, labor delivery, like all these different things. But then I chose a program that is actually in, in theory, it sounds like it's totally unrelated, but if you were to experience um, the things that I get to experience within the NICU with all of our moms um, and all these babies, you know, because you really get to know the parents um, of these babies because they're there for months. So, you know, you really get to know them. You get to know their family dynamics. You get to know information about them that you probably wish you never would have known. Mm -hmm. It's probably too much information sometimes. But um, what I really realized is that especially I'm not really sure if it's a, a, a nationwide thing or maybe just specifically in our area but a lot of our moms coming in have a lot of oh, sorry that's okay. <laughs> a lot of our moms just have like a ton of mental health um, I hate to say issues because that sounds so awful I rather use like symptoms you mm -hmm. know um, but they've got a lot of things going on and they really don't have a lot of support for it. Um, you know, we've got these moms that are having babies that are, you know, three, four months early. They're in there for months. They're they're The moms are just stressed out. They've got anxiety, postpartum depression. You know, they're dealing with their baby, this tiny, teeny tiny little thing, um, you know, that something could go wrong with at any second. You know, they're dealing with all that. And then they've got 
all of this stuff going on at home. You know, a lot of our moms have four, five, six other kids at home. They've got, you know, you know, sometimes there's their dads are not there. Sometimes dads are out of town working. Sometimes they have no family to help them. Um, so they really, really have a lot going on. And I mean, we also get moms in there with addiction, uh, drugs and alcohol. We get moms that are victims of, of sex trafficking and violence. And I mean, you name it and we've seen it and they leave the hospital and they have nothing. I mean, they go home and they have no resources. And a lot of times, you know, there's, I've asked around and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, um, of support, especially here for them. And so that's really what made me <laughs> kind of go into it because I'm, I'm hoping, and it could be just a wild dream. I don't know, but I'm hoping to be able to eventually have a program for them and, and even other women, it doesn't even have to be women that have had babies. Um, but maybe other women that have suffered, you know, from some of the same things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my overall goal. <laughs> it's kind of a, a, it's totally different from NICU, but it still ties into it. So in my head, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, as a mom, I, I mean, obviously I didn't have a, uh, you know, a, a child born prematurely or anything, but just ha even under regular pregnancy circumstances and labor and delivery circumstances, moms still go through stuff. So I can't even imagine you know, what mothers are going through whenever their baby's in the NICU. And so I think that you're hitting the nail on the head and really recognizing where there's a void in care for these new moms. And the fact that you're linking that together and seeing, hey, there, there's something that needs to be filled here, and I think I can do that with more education. And, you know, because I give a shit, that is so important. And, and uh, I think it's amazing that you considered that like how can I make this experience better for the people who are here because I didn't realize that they were there for months on end yeah yeah I mean and and our hospital actually Driscoll has patients that are there for you know a year or so so Driscoll actually has Whoa. it you know much worse and sometimes our babies end up going to Driscoll um so I think it's a it's it's not just our hospital but the other hospitals here too um, and to me, I don't, I don't even have kids, so I cannot um, personally like say how it would feel. But to me, mom, like when I see the moms, they're just like my biggest heroes. Like I cannot even imagine, and not only moms just with NICU babies, but just moms in general. I, I don't even know how y'all do it. I don't know how you manage all the things that you manage, you know, family, career, children, the whole thing, I'm just, it amazes me, um, the things that women can, can do. I, um, yes. I really like moms are just my heroes. <laughs> and I think that women really just, they deserve so much support. Um, and I just feel like a lot of times they don't get it. They're hard on themselves. They are under all this pressure from society. And um, I can see how they would just break. Like I, I can just see how it would be so easy just to fall apart. And I think to be able to have more support and resources and, and make it to where you don't feel bad for reaching out because yes. that's a lot of times is the moms you can see it all over their face that they need help but you'll ask them and they will just be like no you know no I'm fine like everything's good they don't want to accept it and I feel like they think 
that they're going to be judged mm-hmm. or that, you know, people are going to look at them like they're failing or that they, that they aren't good enough or they're yes. not good moms because they can't handle all this pressure. And it, it genuinely breaks my heart. And I, it's hard because I'm not a mom and I cannot say, oh, I understand. But at the same time, I just, I feel for them so much that I just want to help. Well, you know, so right. There's some truth in the sense that you have not physically had a baby. However, you have been there with women who have just physically had a baby and you have been there with them through like a lot. Like you said, you get to know these parents really well, the babies really well, all of that. So you definitely have a say, you know, and in, in what you think, you know, women need whenever they go through this kind of thing. And I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for saying that, that asking for help for a lot of people, I think especially maybe my generation and older, uh, do almost see it as a, as a failure or you will be judged for asking for help, you know? And it's a weird thing because, uh, you know, you need it, but it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird thing. And so the fact that you're able to call that out and recognize it and hopefully make it to where there, it isn't such a taboo that, that is like the most, you know, amazing, uh, plan, you know, like I, I know, cause you said it's a crazy dream, right. For you to offer, this program for women. I don't think it's a crazy dream at all. I think it's just a matter of time for you to get to this point. So I'm excited to see that. <laughs> uh, I hope, I hope, I hope the taxes and all of the insurance things will cooperate with my plan, but I'm going to figure it out some way. <laughs> I'll make it happen. I have no doubt about it. So since you've been in your master's program, I've seen you make some really cool I'm assuming you make them because it says at living genuinely ginger on them, but kind of those like infographics. Yes. You make those. Okay. Those are really great. Yeah. So how did you decide to get into that? Cause you know, it's really easy for someone to find content on the internet and just repost it and hopefully credit the person they took it from, but you are literally creating your own. And so what inspired you to start making your own content like that? Um, so I've actually been taking um, a, mar- a little marketing course online because um, what I when I first started my Instagram, it was all about um, I'm I'm a super big lover of health and fitness and all that. And I always I have been since I was like 18 years old. And so when I first started my Instagram, that's what it was for. I would post, you know, all the typical girl, you know, the booty pictures, the whole gym thing, like, you know, all that kind of stuff that when you're, you know, you're younger and you think like, oh my gosh, I just want to like get on social media and like be popular and have all these people like, like my photos. Like that was me to the T and I hate to say it because I annoy myself with that. Oh, don't. Um, That's called growth, Jennifer. It's growth. (laughs) I know. I look back though on some of my posts and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so annoyed. (laughs) I don't even like, I don't even like myself right now. Oh, no, (laughs) we've all been through that. So that's something I really like about you is how transparent you are. Like, thank It's so relatable because everybody has done that. So thank you for saying that. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So yeah. So when I first started Instagram, that's what it was for. It was for, you know, that whole little like 
I guess, part of my 20s. But um, I've been, you know, trying to transition it more into, uh, you know, more of mental health, wellness, but still incorporating the health and fitness because that is something that I am really passionate about still. Um, but I've been taking a marketing course and learning uh, how to create uh, the content that I want to uh, create and, and the things that I feel people should know and that are important. Um, so I've been just trying to steer away more from here's a picture of me and here's an inspirational quote to getting people to realize that there's these other issues out there and things that they can learn. I want people to, I want people to come to me and I want them to want to learn and I want them to be passionate about mental health the way I am and passionate about getting healthy for themselves and their families the way I am. I want them to, you know, be able to live. And this kind of goes with the reason I renamed my Instagram, but I want people to be able just to live a genuine life that they are proud of and that they are happy with no matter what that looks like to anyone else. Because I know you, for me, I get very, I see social media and I get very overwhelmed. It gives me anxiety and I, I get very down on myself sometimes. Like I feel like I'm not doing something right. I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not doing things the way other people are at my age. And I get very hard on myself. And I want people to be able to come to my page and, and feel like, you know what, if you're doing what makes you happy and your mind is healthy and you're feeling great, then that's all that matters. If you're, you know, I just want them to be able to live a life no matter what it looks like to other people that they're just genuinely happy with. Yeah. Okay. That is so damn relatable. Like everything you're saying is so relatable because yes, across the board, I mean, the feeling that social media can give you if you're not careful and let it kind of run rampant is all of the things you listed about not being blank enough. Right. And so yeah. again, thank you for, for recognizing that, you know, because you're, yes, I love your page. Your page is very, you know, you are relatable. It's inspirational, great information, great posts, right? But like from somebody who doesn't know you looking in can be like, well, her life's perfect. Like you have, you have a perfect life based on your, your uh, Instagram. So to, uh, to share all this and that you have, you know, these real, uh, very real uh, feelings, you know, whenever you're scrolling through social media and looking at whatever it may be, you know, gives hope. For, for everyone else, you know, and, and I appreciate that transparency so much because that's you being genuine. That's you, you know, walking the talk, you know, I think it's um, like you said, the whole like people think that like certain people have like these perfect lives. And it's funny because I'm like that, like I'll see people and I'm like, man, her, their lives look so great and so perfect. But in the back of my head, I know also like me, like sometimes I'll post a picture or something and that's not even really how I may feel at that time. Although a lot of times it is because if I'm feeling down, I'll just totally stay off social media. Mm -hmm. But I know there are times people will post, you know, these great looking photographs, but in reality, that's not even and what their life is really like. So I think it's important, especially for younger girls, um, to kind of realize that. Absolutely, yes, that it's all it's all a curated image, right? We can literally control what people are seeing about us. And so your willingness to be so upfront about everything, I think is amazing. You made a post recently and it pertained to mental health 
or maybe it's any any sort of ailment that people experience maybe maybe mostly mental health and that oftentimes pharmaceuticals are the cure-all as opposed to maybe exploring alternate methods and that really hit home because i feel like it's something a lot of people recognize but you know whenever we go talk to whoever it may be the the professional and they're like oh no this is the only way and and uh, give us a prescription you know why would we ever think twice you know and so i thought that that was really interesting information that you shared and could you elaborate a little bit more on that whole idea yes and um fellow <laughs> doctors or uh nurse practitioners may you know hate me after this i don't know <laughs> they may totally disagree and that's okay but um one thing that i you know i've been going to school i've i've been in my second year this i just completed my second year my master's program and um you know we're learning all these things about mental health conditions and diseases and almost my entire program i can say has been very geared towards okay your patient comes in they give you these symptoms what medication are you sending them home on and why and what are the side effects and what can this medication do for them but the entire time i've been going to school i'm sitting here like wait a second like this person may not even need a medication like maybe this person is depressed because you know they just got out of a horrible relationship or maybe they're in a horrible relationship and maybe the the goal here and the key should be they need to leave this situation they need to you know leave this career that's making them miserable like maybe they need to do some things for themselves and take actual like steps in their personal lives to help themselves overcome these situations. Um, and so it just feels to me like in my program, especially is just that all I'm learning about is how to prescribe someone a medication that may not absolutely be necessary, you know, and that I feel like doctors and nurse practitioners, um, they should really get to know their patients and get to know what's going on in their lives other than just the symptoms they're coming into the office with because what they're coming in with is probably the result of something else that's going on at home that they're not even talking about and so it just gets I could get just so worked up on this because it gets me so frustrated because you you know they just don't give providers enough time in the yes. office to actually get to know their patients and you know, everybody's just being sent home on a medication, but that's not doing anything to actually fix probably the initial problem that's going on that's causing all of these symptoms in the first place. So I, I'm hoping, this is another thing in my practice, like I'm hoping that I can really um, do more of like the therapeutic side of being a nurse practitioner. I hope I can actually get to know my patients and, and lead them down a path of maybe first discovering what it is in their lives that is actually causing this these symptoms and um not to say i definitely feel like medications have their place and i i'm definitely not trying to say like no one should be on medications i'm like no 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 um but i just think that that should be kind of like the last resort instead of the first resort if that makes any sense yes it makes perfect sense i mean i'm I do not have any medical experience at all right just like my own research which you know, everybody's a Google doctor, right? Um, but I feel like it's been kind of an intuitive thing. Like if, if I can avoid being on prescription medication, I will. So what do I need to do to avoid that? 
Um, and something that you had said in your post was, you know, is it because people all could potentially be afraid to do the harder thing and really explore their patterns and their habits and make changes there. And I thought that that really hit, you know, hit the point home, you know, because to me, the goal of whenever you have the kind of platform that you have is to really make people stop and think. And that post did it perfectly. And so have you experienced maybe times in your own life where you've had the option to maybe have the easy way out or really do some inner work and opted for the inner work, even though it was more challenging? Oh my gosh, definitely. <laughs> I can say with all honesty, I have probably made every mistake in the book just about like, if you come to me, I probably have been like, oh yeah, I've do totally done that. But I mean, yeah, one, I mean, just one key example is I was really struggling in my classes when I first started grad school and I couldn't figure out why I, I couldn't retain information. I was having to reread things. I could, I just, my mind, my brain, it just goes like a hundred miles an hour. And so I, someone told me at work, they were like, I think you have like ADD, like attention deficit disorder. And I'm like, I don't have that. Like, I'm like 33 years old. Like I would know by now, but then the more I like studied the symptoms, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I do have that. Like everything fit. So I went into the doctor, they asked me, a few questions like they they went through like this list of questions and asked me and everything I was like yep yep that's me like I've got all that so they're like okay well we're gonna start you on a prescription of Adderall like here you go and they just hand me a prescription and that was it you know and I'm like okay well I thought that would be a lot you know I thought I was it would be a lot more difficult to get like a prescription for a medication like Adderall mm -hmm. but they gave it to me and to be honest I took it I was like awesome like I'm gonna take this and I took it and honestly it has worked great I mean I'm not knocking Adderall because it has worked wonders for me my grades improved everything you know I was able to like focus and actually sit down and do my work and I was like this is awesome but then in the back of my head, I was always like, wait a second, like, why did they just hand me this? Like, you know, all they did was ask me some questions. They don't even know anything else about me. Like, why am I having trouble focusing? Like, is there something else going on at home that's causing me to have trouble focusing? Or why can't I sit still? Like, why is my brain like all over the place? And so it really, that in itself, like me sitting here wondering you know, why I could just get this medication so easily versus them kind of, you know, asking me these questions and maybe recommending some over the counter, maybe some vitamins or maybe it was like something nutritional I could mm -hmm. take, you know, I thought there would be some type of alternate plan. I didn't think I could just walk in and get a, a medication prescribed to me like Adderall. Um, and so that really got me, got me wondering. And so since then I have really tried to dig deep and figure out what it is inside of me like what is missing that is causing me to not be able to focus and that's giving me kind of like this brain like fog and and my my brain just goes 100 miles an hour and I've I've really figured out that it's just because for me you know I haven't been doing the the I'm, I'm wanting so badly to do this other career that I've been talking to you about and I, my brain is always focused on that. Like I'm always focused on the future and the things I want to do instead of like the here and now. So, so sometimes you just have to, I think, explore for yourself 
what's going on internally that's actually causing you to do the things that you're doing. So, it, you know, it is, it's, it's hard to actually sit there and admit to yourself that you yes. could change something. It's really hard, you know, to admit that you're wrong and, you know, that you need to like change some things um, because a lot of people take, take that as, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not perfect. I'm not doing this certain thing right, or I should be doing this. And, and people get so hard on themselves. But if you realized that, that that's okay, and if you realize that, that you don't have to be perfect and that there's nothing wrong with you, that you're perfect the way you are, and you don't need a change if you you know you don't have to change anything about yourself but you can just make little improvements just to make yourself feel better and make yourself happy i think it would be a lot easier for us to accept those internal feelings and things going on in our heads and to actually just do the work but instead we're so scared to admit to ourselves that maybe we're not perfect and that you know there's things we need to change we just get so fearful um, so it's just all about letting go of that fear of, you know, of not being perfect and, and just acknowledging that there's things that you can work on. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm everything you say, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Cause it's so good. Uh, and also incredibly true. We are so scared to face ourselves and really, uh, hold ourselves to, you know, like, uh, the, not the interrogation, but the. To asking yourself like you know recognizing your bullshit like what 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 excuses are you making like all of the above uh but once you do you have such a better understanding of yourself and i think a love for yourself too which of course you know um self-love you hear it everywhere uh but like truly loving yourself warts and all i mean is it as an absolute game changer not that i have it all figured out by any means but you know i'm, I'm working on it and obviously you are, I mean, you have, I mean, cause to me, you seem to have such an amazing balance going on. You have career, you have, uh, fitness, you have the relationship with your fiance. Um, you have modeling going on like, uh, school. I mean, you, you know what I mean? And you seem to, to it just looks effortless. Like it, it looks like you're in your flow. And so have you always had this kind of, you know, great balance with all of the aspects of your life? Definitely not. <laughs> I can say my 20s were like a train wreck of like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm just doing the things that I think I'm supposed to be doing because this is what people tell me I'm supposed to be doing. Like, so true. My 20s was like, uh, it was like, a I can't describe it any way, but it was just a train wreck. It was like I was on these train tracks just going, doing what I was supposed to be doing. But the whole time around me, like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And things always felt not right. Like, I was, you know, I graduated college, started working, hated my job, uh, was in a relationship uh, where I was actually engaged before. Um, and kind of that whole time, um, you know, the guy was great. He was a great guy, but I knew something was not right. Um, and it was more with myself, not anything to do with him. I just knew something wasn't right, but I was, you know, 25, 26 thinking, well, girls my age right now get married and they have kids and he proposed. So I'm like, okay, like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, like, you know, it was the whole everything that I was 
told that I needed to be doing by society, I was doing, but everything around me just felt wrong. And then from there, I got into another horrible relationship that was just a train wreck, a disaster of, I, you know, was just, goodness, the, I was depressed, anxious, um, went through a lot of emotional and physical abuse in that relationship. I'm so and sorry. I think, yeah, I mean, I am very open about it now because I feel it's important for women to realize that it's okay if you go through these situations. Cause I was so ashamed for so long. I didn't even want to like admit it to myself or anyone else because I was just so ashamed of, of everything that I had put myself in. And I was like, how could I just think so little of myself Isn't to that stick around wild? in situation? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yes. That we, it's like you betrayed your own self. Oh my yeah, God. I, I, I totally take, I almost, I hate to say it, but I blamed myself for so long. Cause I was just like, how could I just like not love myself that much to put myself in that type of situation? Um, so it took me so long to kind of forgive myself for that. I'm glad because I know like, you know, we all play a part in what happens to us, but that was absolutely not your fault. So I'm really glad that you forgive yourself and don't blame yourself anymore. It took, it took a long time and it it took a lot of, that was also one of those things I kind of had to really dig deep and, and figure out, you know, not so much why I put myself in the situation, but what it was that was keeping me in that situation. Like what had happened to me in the past where I thought that this was okay and that this would get better. And um, so that did, that took a lot of of work internally. (laughs) And, um, but that relationship in itself was one of the things that just kept me it, it held me back in so many ways and kept me from, you know, going after things that I, I knew I could do because I was just surrounded and engulfed in this, this entanglement of this relationship and all the people and things in it. And I feel like that is, I know it's so cliche that the saying is, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. Um, but it's honestly, so true like once you take yourself out of certain situations and certain social um situations and you kind of move away from that and spend and this sounds a little sad in a way but once you spend a little time just alone just by yourself with no other relationships with no you know with really taking the time to be very selective about who you let in your life once you do that, you really start to realize who you are independently of those other people. Because yes. so many times we seem to we seem to like become the people that we hang out with. You know, our, our personalities seem to start to like entangle with one another. You start liking the same things they like. You start doing the things they like to do. And it works both ways. They do things you want to do. So you kind of, you know, you get this whole little like 
social situation going and you kind of forget who you are and what you're capable of and what you really, really want to do. And that's kind of what happened to me throughout my whole twenties. Like I was just so lost. And, um, and then finally I got out of that situation, took the time to just be by myself, reflect on things that I had been doing, mistakes I had been making, you know, the wrong relationships. And then once I really did that was when I really was able to figure out like, okay, like this is what I really want. This is the kind of person I really want to be around. These are the kind of friends I want to have. These are the kind of situations I want to be in, you know? So I think if I could tell girls <laughs> that are younger than me, anything, it would just be, and I know it's cliche cause I'm sure their parents tell them this, but it would just be really be careful who you surround yourself with because that, that I think above any type of parenting can make the biggest difference in someone's life. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to say not cliche and definitely not sad because you said, you know, it sounds a little sad, but you know, be alone, like let yourself be alone and feel what it's like to be alone. That is not sad at all. That to me is power. You know, you're not codependent on somebody being around or validation or attention or, or whatever it is, but instead you're really spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself. And like you said, reflecting on all of your choices and like why I did this, that is the real, real stuff. That is the hard, difficult, not very many people want to do it, but the people that do it, I mean, just like set themselves in a direction to, of success. Cause I mean, what a difference. So the way you're describing your twenties is literally a train wreck to you now. I mean, night and day. And so do you ever look back and think like, man, I've come a long way, you know, like, wow, like here I am. Like I made it through the storm kind of thing. Speaking of cliches, right? <laughs> Definitely. I think there's another quote that says something like, uh, I hope you, you know, can look back on your on yourself and and realize like what a strong woman you are now or something like that. But that's something I always think of because I I genuinely have never been more proud of myself um, than I am now. Even though things are still definitely like not you know great, you know they're not like perfect. You know, not everything is is what it seems to be. But I can definitely say that one thing that is great is my relationships and my friendships now. And that's made the biggest difference. You know, people will meet me and they'll say, well, you're glowing. Like, what is it, you know, that's changed for you? And I'm like, honestly, I changed, you know, my whole social, you know, situation. Like I don't hang around the same people I used to hang around with. I'm, you know, I, I've changed the way that I, you know, view even like working out and fitness. Like before I was just like obsessed with it. And I like wanted to have this perfect body and I would look at all these like fitness models and I would just be obsessed with looking a certain way. And it was a, an obsession. It was unhealthy. And now like, people see me and they, they wonder like, oh, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you do fitness competitions anymore? Why don't you go to the gym as much as you used to? Or, you know, and I'm like, because like for me now, it's just not, 
it, that's not what my life is about. Like I love to be healthy. I love to work out, but it's not an obsession. I don't, I don't see other women and look at their bodies and think, Oh my gosh, I, I want to look like that. I want to be perfect. Like I don't look at other women's lifestyles and think, Oh my gosh, I wish I had that house. I wish I had that car. Like I don't do that as much anymore. Like I've just changed the way that I think about things. And I find so much joy and happiness in just, you know, my relationships, um, especially with my fiance, I can say that he's honestly been just amazing to me. And I hate to sound mushy and like, I've Go never for been it. this type of girl. He's just a really, really good guy, like genuinely, probably the best person I know. Um, and he's really made a big impact on me. And he's helped me through a lot of really tough emotional breakdowns and situations. And so I, I think that really having that right person by your side is so important. And I think everyone should be super picky and super selective of who they allow in their lives. Yes, <laughs> this makes me so happy because energy is real. Um, and to touch on your your mushiness, I'm, I'm a fan of it because when you find someone where everything's mutual, it's like a symbiotic relationship, you know, and there's equal parts give and take to where y'all are, y'all are equals, y'all are partners. That is priceless. And I mean, again, like, like you said, you know, people see a noticeable change in you, you know, and, and it's a direct correlation to how you're feeling about yourself and also who you're surrounding with, you're surrounding yourself with. So I mean, that's major. And I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I definitely said it before, but y'all just got engaged. Congratulations. I think I thought y'all were engaged. So this thrills me. Oh, yeah. I was like, a lot of people I think did. But yeah, we weren't engaged and now we are. So yes. I'm excited. That's fantastic. And so speaking of, you know, the way you have surrounded yourself with different company and have nurtured different relationships and that kind of thing, you most recently purchased a Volkswagen, what, what is it? called a Wesleya? Oh my goodness. This could be like a whole nother hour conversation about my bus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool. I might be insane. Some days I wake up and I'm like, I tell my fiance, I'm like, I think I'm crazy. But yes, so I sold my car because I was like, I do not want a car payment until I'm done with school. Like, I just want to like, and I didn't have one. So I had paid off my car. So I was like, you know what? I have always wanted um, these Volkswagen old buses that you see. Like they, I think they started making them in the 50s, uh, 60s, 70s were like real big year models. I've always wanted one. I've always wanted to uh, do the whole van life thing. I've wanted to like do like tiny homes, like minimalist, like living. And so, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to find one and I'm going to get it. And I had been searching for a while, probably at least a year. And then finally my dad found one for me. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So I sold my car, bought this bus and it is definitely, if this, if people want to like know what it's been really like, yes. if, they, if they think things are perfect i'm like first off we broke down in it the first day that i got it we were stranded in the middle of nowhere had to get a little motel out in the middle of nowhere and my boyfriend or fiance has been uh redoing the motor it, we broke a piston <laughs> and um basically the whole motor has had to be rebuilt so him and his friends have been working on it. They finally got it together. And so I'm all excited because I'm like, okay, first off, I've been Ubering everywhere for the past like four weeks. Fancy. Like, Ubering, Ubering everywhere. 
and my bank account is not feeling happy after I saw all the Uber receipts. So I thought it was going to be working. They got the motor all back in the bus, uh, but now there's like one other little thing that we have to fix. So I'm probably going to have to order another part. So it's still not running, but it will be soon, hopefully. Well, I think it's so, so cool. Yeah. What's the goal? Tell me your goal. I want to like, I eventually I want to be able to like do some work from my laptop, travel the country in it, like do some camping. I want to do like the whole like Utah, like national parks, yes. like all those things. So that's the goal. But right now it's just, uh, it's parked and I'm still Ubering. <laughs> but I think it's cool that you're showing the whole process, right? Because yeah, finding one probably that's in like great working condition might be kind of challenging. So like you ha found one and now it's kind of a fixer upper thing. And so I think that once you finally get to go on these road trips and really experience it, it'll be all the more, you know, exciting and fulfilling because, you know, you brought her back to life. I know I'm excited. I love old cars. I think they're like so cool. I first off, this bus does not have air conditioning. I'll just warn everyone. So everyone already thinks I'm insane because they're like, you're going to live in South Texas with no air conditioning. That is like, that is a little mad. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm very, most people that know me know I'm pretty low maintenance and I'm like, okay, this is not permanent. It's just till I'm done with school and then I'll get like a regular car probably, you know, but this is just till now to like save money and just kind of enjoy, you know, getting it fixed up with my fiance, even though he's doing most of the work and I'm just <laughs> kind of watching. <laughs> but I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for you. I mean, how many people are doing this kind of thing, you know, uh, and that, I, that I'm following and getting to see the whole process. Like, it's going to be amazing when you get to take the van or, yeah, the van on her maiden voyage, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. So... So being on social media, being a blogger, being an influencer, you're very visible to people. I mean, you know, for instance, with the situation with the van, you know, and you're showing everybody how, how it goes from, you know, immediately getting it to working on it to eventually taking it out. Does it ever make you nervous knowing that so many people have access to you in that kind of way? Because you have a big following. I think you have like tw over 20,000 followers. Um, I guess <laughs> it's funny. I don't really, I've never considered myself like an influencer in any way. I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm influencing people to do. <laughs> Maybe not buy a, a bus and sell your car. But, <laughs> I, I don't know. You'd be surprised. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I tend to forget, I think how many people like see my stuff or or like pay attention to it um i really do seem to forget a lot of times like i don't really feel like what i post is like a big deal to anyone or I, sometimes i'm like i don't know why anyone would even care about this like i mean to me like my life is very boring and not exciting at all so i just i think i really do tend to forget um but then there are times when i've gotten um like negative uh, comments or negative messages. And that's when I start to remember like, hey, my personal life is out here for basically everyone to see. And I need to either A, I need to not post as much personal stuff or B, be willing to um, take in the, the criticism or the negativity and not take it to heart. 
Um, and for me, I've kind of chosen that path because um, I think that it's kind of it's kind of fun sometimes to to put yourself out there and to show the world that you know a world that seems to be so focused on perfection. It's kind of fun to show that things are not always perfect and um, it, it's kind of fun to just show real life sometimes um, because through it you can kind of you get to meet so many people that may be going through something similar like you are or people that may be able to help you with a situation you're going through um, or you know people like you that I get to just share all this information with and then you can share it with others and maybe in some way that will help someone else. Um, I think this is the way that the world is going. We're going to this more being open with who we are and, and being happy about it and accepting of it. Um, and I think we're moving to a, a future of hopefully being able to accept each other for exactly who we are and not being hopefully so judgmental you know i know we're all judgmental in some ways but i think we're all doing better we're um we're moving in a way that i think that you know we'll learn to just love each other for who we are as corny as that sounds but um so it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me too much. I do get a little, there's been a few times I've gotten a little emotional over something or taken something really personal. I used to be really bad about wanting everyone to like me. Like I would just be, I was, I would take it so personal if someone was mean to me mm -hmm. or like ugly towards me. I would, it would just like break my heart. Like I'd be like, I don't know. I didn't do anything to them. I don't know why they don't like me. Like I'm still or that if way. I did something wrong, yeah, if I did something wrong, I would like go out of, or if they felt I did something wrong, I'd go out of my way to like make it better for them. And, but now I think as I've gotten older, I've just come to the realization that you're never going to make everybody happy and not everybody's going to like you. And, and that's okay. Like mm -hmm. it's fine. Like you don't, you're not going to like everyone else either. But I think that we can still respect each other. Like we don't have to be friends. We, you don't have to like what I say. You don't have to agree with me. But we should still be able to have conversations and we should still be able to acknowledge one another's differences and opinions without being ugly to each other. Um, so I'm very against people being ugly to one another on Same. social media. Like if you like something, just keep your mouth shut. But um, that's so, yeah, too simple, to Jennifer. It. That's too simple. People can't <laughs> know, keep their mouth simple. shut. Yeah, I know. I'm like, just be quiet. Like, who cares? Like, why do you take time out of your day to like be ugly to someone? Like, just keep moving on. But, but yeah, so I used to take it personal. Now I've just learned, you know what? I have fun putting myself out there sometimes. Um, and, and so it's just, you know, you can't take it as seriously as I think I used to. Absolutely. Uh, Jennifer, you're incredible. I love your perspective on everything, social media, mental health, healing, um, your future plans. I just, Corpus is so lucky to have you a part of it. Um, I just am grateful for you and all that you do as a NICU nurse. Uh, I love the content that you're posting and that's at living genuinely ginger on Instagram for anybody who's not following her yet please follow her. There's fitness content. There's wellness content. There's mental health content. Um, oh, you get to see the van from time to time, uh, <laughs> which I, I am having so much fun with. Please keep posting that. Uh, but Jennifer, I just think you're incredible. And thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I just can't wait to see you continue to, to thrive.
I'm so grateful. I can't wait to see who you have on next too, because I think you're doing a great job. I've listened to your podcast. I think you're perfect for this. So I'm excited. I hope that you get to have lots more women from Corpus on. Thank you, Jennifer.